I'm Danielle. And I'm Christy. And you are listening to Snacks with Stein. Let's do it. Welcome to Snacks with Stein, show number 43. That's a weird number. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable, but it's that's what it is. It's 43. So I'm Danielle. And I'm Christy. Christy's, Christy's over there in Colorado. Welcome. Here we are. Okay, Christy. Yes. What snacks are you having tonight before I talk Whoa. about this? I am... I am feeling like a fatty McFatterson. I had um, <laughs> I had pizza earlier, and I ate, I ate too much, and so and then I kind of got a stomach ache. So I'm gonna forego the solid snacks. However, um, I am soothing my throat, which I feel like I'm gonna lose my voice after that last episode, um, with some of our Plum Deluxe tea. This oh. is the gratitude blend. It's supposed to make me grateful. It's not working. <laughs> You're not grateful for me. How it does taste. It does taste good. Okay, so good. There's that. So yeah, I'm just gonna have some tea. Just gonna. I'm boring okay. tonight because I hate too much pizza. Like a child, I overate. Now <laughs> stomach ache. Now, <laughs> now it's tea time. It happens. It happens. All right, so tonight for you guys, I have, guys and girls and everything in between, I have, my best friend is invisible. How do you know? I get. (laughs) Get it. (laughs) You're so funny. There's no booze in here, I swear. I bet there is. I'm just kidding. Okay. As I've already expressed my sentiments that summer is going away. Hooray. This one I picked for various reasons, but they're in school. And I was like, everyone's back at school, which means summer is fucking over. So hooray. Sorry, children. So that's why I kind of picked this one. And it's been sitting on top of my pile for a while, but it kept getting pushed back because other things were going on. And I think, again, like I always say, this is one of the popular ones, I think, but it is in the later half of the timeline because this was in 1997. So we're on the later end. Yeah, I don't remember it because I was in, um, I graduated in 2001. So I would would be in late middle school by then. I probably wasn't reading Goosebumps anymore. Yeah, so 97, and it was $4.99, which shows a very large price increase. I could have a reprint, but I looked it up, and the covers didn't vary, so I'm thinking I don't have a reprint, but it's impossible to say. But it did cost $4.99, so that's kind of high. And I absolutely love this cover because it is this obnoxious blue and Pepto-Bismol pink, and it is the same theme of the kitchen in the book, in the cover of the book. It is blue and pink kitchen. It is so ugly, yet uh, so amazing. Is that At the one same where, like, time, there's tiles instead of a <laughs> countertop? You know, it does look like checkerboard tile. You are right. 
So we're seeing pink cabinets with blue and dark blue checkerboard tile on the countertops and then more pink cabinets. And it's like Pepto-Bismol threw up in here. It's just, I love it for all the wrong reasons. Oh, that's classy. (laughs) You know, it reminds me of like, it's very 90s. It reminds me of like video games, something like that. So it's it's very, it's a very 90s color palette. Full house kitchen. Yes. And on the cover, there is a very scared orange and white kitty cat. And he is freaking out because there is a floating pizza box with a slice of pizza and a soda floating in midair. And he's very scared. He doesn't like it. And the tagline is, not seeing is believing. Don't mess with that cat. Ta-da. Don't mess with him. I will give you a spoiler alert that nothing happens to the cat. The cat is Thank fine. God. We need, <laughs> we need a break. We need a break from all the animal bullshit. Yes, we're good. No animals were harmed in the making of this book, or I would have thrown it away. Okay, here we go. My best friend is invisible. Sammy Jacob was at the dinner table wishing he was invisible. He thought of how cool it would be to be able to sneak away from dinner without finishing his string beans and finish the book about ghosts that he was reading. He started to daydream and thought about the movie he had just watched about an invisible man. The only part of him you could see was if he ate food, everyone could see it digesting. It was so gross and Sammy loved it. While Sammy was lost in his thoughts, his parents' voices droned on in the background. They were in a heated discussion about work, which is all they ever talk about. Mr. and Mrs. Jacobs were research scientists who worked in the lab at a nearby college where they do things with lights and lasers and all that other stuff. Sammy and his 10-year-old brother, Simon, can never get a word in. They are just subjected to endless work talk. Sammy is a science fiction fanatic, so you'd think he would love listening to them. But no, he can't understand a single word they say. And it makes him feel like an alien from another planet. Sometimes to try to get their attention, he'll shout random things like, I grew a tail today. No response. Hey, actually, it was two tails. Nothing. They don't look up from the napkin they're scribbling on. Sammy was bored out of his mind. So in annoying older sibling fashion, he kicked his brother's shin under the table. Simon yelled, ow, and mom and dad didn't even notice. So he kicked him again. Stop it, shouted Simon. The next time, Simon kicked back a bit too hard, and Sammy's spaghetti dinner ended up in his lap with a splat. Look what Simon made me do. He started it. Mrs. Jacobs finally look up from the drawing on the napkin and Sammy thought this was it. His perfect brother is finally going to get in trouble. But no. Mom just asked Simon to help his clumsy brother clean up the mess. Simon never gets in trouble and nothing is ever his fault. Sure, he does all of his chores on time and never forgets to do his homework, which really just made him some kind of mutant to Sammy. My brother, the mutant. He liked the sound of that. 
Sammy wiped the mess from his lap and threw away his napkin and went back to the dinner table. At least he didn't have to eat any more string beans. But not so fast. Mom grabbed his empty plate to refill it, and as she turned toward the kitchen, lost her balance in the spilled spaghetti sauce on the floor, and slid across the kitchen. Sammy couldn't help but bust out laughing. She looked hilarious. Mom turned to look at them and asked, who laughed? Was it Simon? <laughs> of course not. Simon. Was it you? Simon. <laughs> no, because Simon would never laugh at their poor mother or do anything fun for that matter. He was Simon the Serious Mutant. Mom returned with the refilled plate for Sammy with even more string beans. Yay. Thank God. What are string beans? <laughs> Is that like green beans? Yeah, like green beans. Yeah. So why do they call mm-hmm. them string beans? I don't know. I've always called them string beans, too. I'm not sure. I think it's just a call, like different states call them different things. Colloquial, maybe. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think it's one of those things. Disappear disappear. Sammy was silently chanting to himself, but it wasn't working. He couldn't wait for Saturday. All of a sudden, he decided to just shout out at the dinner table, like, hey guys, I'm so excited for Saturday. And the only person who bothered to ask why was Simon. On Saturday, Sammy was going to see School Spirit, and Dad finally looked up. Who has School Spirit? That's great! Sammy rolled his eyes. Nobody has school spirit. This was a new movie about a ghost who haunts a boarding school. Dad started to tune out. His greatest wish was to have Sammy be interested in real science, not ghosts and goblins. But Sammy was sure ghosts were real. But his parents were real scientists and would never, ever believe in such things. But he knew they were wrong. Ghost stories have been around for hundreds of years, and for good reason, because they were real. He tried to tell them that the movie was based on real events, which mom and dad just laughed and changed the subject to school, but not before asking if he had seen any ghosts today. Simon was starting on his science project, called How Fast Do We Grow? He would be measuring himself for six months to track his growth rate. Mom and dad were elated and offered their help should he need any. Sammy rolled his eyes again and asked to be excused. His classmate Roxanne was coming over to do math homework. Roxanne and Sammy were best friends. They were going to see School Spirit together this weekend. Sammy went upstairs to find his math book. He opened the door to his room and gasped in shock. His homework was scattered all over the floor. How did that happen? He's a messy kid, but he doesn't usually throw his homework on the floor. Brutus, Sammy's orange cat, was sitting in the middle of the mess. Did he do this? <laughs> yeah, he did. He's probably there. looking at you like, I don't give a fuck. He's a cat. <laughs> he scattered that everywhere. <laughs> Brutus. My first thought when he, he like he was going to go study with Roxanne and then he came up and saw his room was like, oh no, did she put on the red light? <laughs> this is a children's book. Sorry, okay? sorry. Sorry. <laughs> We're not in Fear Street anymore. Roxanne. <laughs> yeah, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so Brutus just glanced at him and ran, and ran under the bed, which struck Sammy as odd. 
Brutus looked really scared, and he's never scared. He's the toughest cat on the block. In fact, every kid has been scratched by him at least once. Sammy picked up his papers from the floor and noticed his window was open. He was 100% sure he had closed his window before going downstairs. The wind must have blown everything off his desk. Roxanne had arrived and entered Sammy's room, and he was still trying to solve the mystery of the scattered papers. Roxanne assumed that his mom or dad must have done it, but Sammy said they were all downstairs. There was no way they could have opened the window. He kept insisting it was no big deal, but he couldn't shake the feeling that something was wrong. Poor Brutus was still hiding under the bed, way in the back, snuggled next to his sneakers. He tried coaxing him out and said, It's okay, Brutus. It's just Roxanne. She's not scary. Roxanne laughed and said, You know what's scary? Your brother. He's downstairs, laying on a piece of cardboard, measuring himself. Sammy and Roxanne bicker back and forth about how slow Sammy ran on the track today. A turtle would have beat him. Stalling for time because he had no, no snarky answer for his poor performance on the track, he dragged poor Brutus out under the bed. Sammy insisted he let Roxanne win at the track today so she built up confidence for the upcoming school Olympics, which made Roxanne furious. Last year, they lost the mini Olympics because Sammy tripped and fell and Roxanne does not want to lose again. Roxanne asked what's up with Brutus because he was cowering in the corner now and she was shocked that he hadn't scratched her yet. Brutus stood up, arched his back and glanced at the window then turned around to face away. He was just acting so strange. Sammy and Roxanne started to brainstorm ideas for their upcoming English project. Their teacher wanted them to work in teams to learn teamwork and cooperation. Sammy throws out the idea, right? Stop doing that. Everyone hates group work. (laughs) It is dumb. Everyone. You don't have to take a job where you have to work with people if you don't want to. There's lots of jobs where you can work by yourself. (laughs) I hate group work. You can be, you can be an online horse racer. You can. You sure can. (laughs) If you are the person that got screwed in every single group work assignment that you ever did from elementary (laughs) through college, because you're the only one who cares, and because they know if they wait long enough, you'll actually do the work for everyone so that it gets done right and everybody gets an A. You don't that have to do me. that. I hate group work. I think it is stupid. Yeah, that was me. I just did everything. Sometimes I didn't. Sometimes I had to. Sometimes I was like, I don't trust any of you fools to do it. So I'm going to do it. Bye. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty dumb. Group work is dumb. Okay, anyway. So Sammy tossed out the idea about how about the life cycle of plants. Roxanne was not impressed. Okay, how about the life cycle of a moth? They could catch a bunch and watch them grow. Roxanne was practically asleep listening to these suggestions. She had the perfect topic. True haunted houses. She knew of a real haunted house right here in Middletown, across from the college, they could go check it out and probably see a ghost. Roxanne wanted to interview the ghost on tape. Sammy would be the videographer. Sammy couldn't help but laugh. He considered himself something of a ghost expert, and no way did boring Middletown have a haunted house. If it did, he would have already known about it. 
He told Roxanne not to waste her time with this scheme. There were no ghosts. She just figured he was jealous and wanted to be the interviewer. But since it was her idea, she would do the honors. Sammy was not jealous at all. He was just sure there were no ghosts and they were going to get an F on the project. All of a sudden, they heard a low moan. was coming from the hallway. They both stared in horror. An eerie white light was standing outside of his door. They stepped back and the light got brighter and closer. Roxanne asked Sammy, what is it? But he had no idea. The light was starting to shift and change and reach out for them. They backed up against the wall and the light was practically blinding them now. Is it a ghost? No, Sammy realized. It was a dad. Dad starts to laugh and Brutus goes screaming out of the room. He couldn't believe that mean old cat actually got scared. Mom appeared now and scolded their dad for scaring them with the light that he was supposed to be repairing. Roxanne her stack pool and says that she knew it was a light and says how funny that they really fooled Sammy. What does she mean they? Sometimes Roxanne is just the actual worst. Simon wandered into the room, carrying Brutus, who had ran to the living room and ruined his body outline. He has to start all over. Sammy didn't have much sympathy since he and Dad were still making jokes at his expense. The light Dad was holding was a molecular detector light. It looked like a regular flashlight, but could detect insects and all sorts of things that the naked eye can't see. Huh, is that Simon a thing? pointed it at. I don't know. I didn't look it up, but maybe maybe there's something similar to it. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Molecular detector. Mm-hmm. It's a funny name, molecular detector. <laughs> <laughs> Simon pointed it at Sammy. I know what we can use it for: finding Sammy's brain. This time, even Mom snickered, and that was the last straw. He shouted for everyone to get out of his room. Roxanne asked about the math homework, and Sammy didn't feel like doing it anymore, so she went home. Sammy shut his door, intending to start work on his own homework by himself, but he couldn't concentrate. He would get up early and do it in the morning. At least that's what he told himself. As soon as he got up from his desk chair, Brutus swooped in and settled in for the night. Sammy walked over to his bed, but tripped over something in the middle of the floor. What was that? He looked back and nothing was there. How did he manage to trip over nothing? He got into bed, fluffed up his pillows, and started to read his ghost story book. But his eyelids got heavy and decided he should get some sleep. Sammy tossed and turned all night long. At one point, he started to drift off, but then he heard a strange noise. It sounded like something flapping its wings. It was the flapping of his curtains in the breeze. The damn window was open again. Is it possible for windows to slide up on their own? It had to be Simon playing a prank. But Simon doesn't play pranks. He closed the window and got back in bed and tried to watch and wait to see what would happen, but eventually he fell asleep. Sammy woke up late the next morning. 
Brutus usually wakes him up on time, but not today. In fact, Brutus wasn't in his room at all. Ugh, that cat's fired. <laughs> fired, cat. That's why you don't rely on pets to gain a lot. I, say, that's an I mean, they are very clock. I mean, dog. I think dogs are better. Actually, no. Both both pets are very good at knowing the time, like for food and things. So I could see why, but it's still unreliable. You want to have a backup plan. <laughs> you want to have a backup of both things. Have a clock and a cat. Show up or two hours late to work. Be like, listen, cats. <laughs> cats are the worst. The cat. Cats are the worst. <laughs> He caught a glimpse of himself in the mirror. He looked a mess. Mom confirmed how bad he looked when he joined them at the breakfast table. She assumed he was up too late, but he tried to tell her he, it, it really wasn't that. Sammy had gotten through one spoonful of cereal when his brother started screaming, Sammy, Sammy, I need your help. Sammy was happy to ignore him, but Mom insisted he go help his brother. He charged into Simon's room. What? What is your problem? Simon points to his sleeping Brutus on his bed. That. Sammy couldn't believe it. Brutus slept in Simon's room all night? Sammy didn't understand what the big deal was. Just let him sleep. But Simon was incensed. He had to make his bed and Brutus was in the way. He has to go. Sammy just laughed and told him to make the bed over Brutus. Mom probably won't even notice the lump. He went downstairs and sat down to finish his cereal. Mom looked over and was shocked he had finished so fast. The bowl was empty. Someone ate my cereal. Mom gasped. It must have been a ghost. She and Dad laughed hysterically. But Sammy was serious. He had proof. His spoon was resting on the left-hand side of the bowl. He's right-handed and would never do that. Dad just tells him he is reading too many ghost stories. But Sammy accuses him. Did he do it for another cheap laugh? Mom tells Sammy to go get ready for school. He was going to be late and they, and they were going to be late for work. Sammy was not going crazy. Someone ate his cereal. Someone. But who? It was Brutus. Brutus ate the cereal. It was totally Brutus. <laughs> Brutus, like, pimp walked down and was like, I'm going to eat the cereal. <laughs> and then go back to bed. <clears throat> yeah, Brutus is, uh, I like Brutus. Mm-hmm, I do too. He was staring out the window in a daze during math class, and his teacher, Mrs. Starkling, was standing in front of him, her arms crossed, saying his name over and over and over. He finally snapped out of it, and the whole class giggled. <laughs> Mrs. Starkling told him to take her chalk and go solve the equation on the blackboard. But it's Roxanne's turn, he blurted out. Mrs. Starkling wasn't amused and told him to go to the chalkboard now. Sammy was in big trouble. He didn't do his math homework last night or this morning. Thanks, Brutus. What? His head was pounding. He's blaming Brutus. He didn't get up. So <laughs> Brutus is a scapegoat here. It's like we didn't wake up. Yeah. We didn't do our homework. What else are you responsible for, Brutus? Didn't brush my teeth either, <laughs> asshole cat. 
Greenwich runs the house, apparently. I guess. Well, the parents seem very absent, so maybe Brutus does take care of him. Yeah, maybe he's like Nana in Peter Pan. Like... He is like Nana. But he's doing a bad job today. He's not as good as Nana. We can't all no, be Nana. Nana's... His head was pounding as he stared at the equation. He had no idea how to solve it. Mrs. Starkling was growing impatient and instructed him to read the equation out loud. The class was silent. He read it out loud, but that didn't help. Sammy put the chalk against the blackboard, even though he had no idea what he was doing. Then he felt something grab his hand. Something cold and wet. His knees started to shake. He felt hot breath right against his face. Sammy tried to step back, but he couldn't move. Something was holding him there, squeezing his fingers tighter and tighter. The breaths against his face grew more rapid, like sharp, stinging gasps. He tried to pull free again, but then his hand began to write. Something or someone was writing the numbers for him. Someone he couldn't see. Sammy yanked his hand free, screamed, and ran out of the classroom and into the hall. <laughs> this visual was just hilarious to me. It's like yeah. just going, ah, and running. <laughs> and he's done. And goodbye. <laughs> he leaned against the hallway wall, gasping for breath, feeling like he was going to pass out. And he could still feel the wet, clammy grip on his hand. Mrs. Starkling called after him. Sammy, are you okay? Are you sick? Do you want to see the nurse? Roxanne had gone to the board to finish the equation and try to calm down the class. Sammy didn't want to see the nurse. He didn't want to explain and couldn't explain what just happened. So he just said he felt a little dizzy and needed to eat something. Mrs. Starkling believed him and he walked down the hall, but he could feel the icy grip and the hot breath on his face. Maybe his dad was right, and he was reading too many ghost stories. Sammy walked home alone from school that afternoon. He wanted to be alone with his thoughts. But soon enough, he heard Roxanne running up behind him, shouting, Sammy, Sammy, what happened? He didn't want to talk about it, but she kept pestering him. She was good at math. He did help, but Sammy didn't need help with math. He just wanted to be left the fuck alone. So Rockjan changed the subject and suggested they go to the haunted house this weekend to work on their project. Sammy just shrugged and said, sure, he'll call her later to talk about it. And he took off, leaving her staring at him as he ran the rest of the way home. Once he was inside, he started thinking about his window. Was it open again? He knew it was closed this morning, but what did that matter? He goes to head upstairs, but stops when he hears Brutus yelling from the kitchen. That usually meant he wanted to go outside. Sammy stopped in the kitchen doorway. There was Brutus, crouched on a chair, his back arched, fur raised, and he was hissing at something. He followed his gaze and let out a shriek. There was a pizza on the table and one slice floating above it, floating in midair as if someone was holding it 
Who's there? Sammy shouted. Who are you? He asked again, but there was no answer. Sammy just watched as the pizza was chewed up, bit by bit, in midair. Tell me who you are. You're scaring me. This couldn't be happening, Sammy told himself. As if he closed his eyes, everything would go back to normal. He imagined the whole thing. He even promised to never read another ghost story or watch another sci-fi movie. So he closed his eyes and then opened them. The pizza was gone, and he sighed in relief. But then it dawned on him. The pizza was gone because it had been eaten. Sammy yelled this time. Who are you? Tell me right now. Then his mom appeared, looking bewildered, and asked him who in the hell he was talking to. He tried to tell her that someone was here and they had been eating pizza. She could clearly see that as an entire half of the pizza was gone and she was not happy. Sammy knew the rules about snacking before dinner. Why would he do this? Sammy adamantly denied everything. He didn't do it. He swears. Sammy wasn't having, mom wasn't having any of Sammy's nonsense. He needed to go upstairs and clean his room before dinner. He had left everything a mess this morning. Sammy pressed his luck and complained that the day was half over. What's the point of making the bed? That was it. Mom's eyes narrowed to put her hand on her hips and pointed to the staircase and told him to go to his room immediately. Then Sammy saw Brutus. He was floating in air, just like the pizza, oh God. and looked quite scared. <laughs> Poor Brutus. <laughs> oh, Brutus. It's funny, though. having a tough day. <laughs> this brings up an interesting yes. <laughs> uh, question that only nerds will mm-hmm. appreciate. So, <laughs> would we see the pizza being chewed? Or oh, like once you take down a there bite, now. as it's inside your mouth, and if your skin is mm-hmm. invisible... Does the pizza become invisible or because the pizza is not a part of you yet? Does it remain visible? I don't know. Because you saw that movie where you saw everything being digested. But then you would just be like a sack of undigested food and water (laughs) until your body absorbed it. Yeah. And then it it would turn invisible? Or was it like if you held something in your hands... And you put your hands over it, kind of cup to the top and the bottom. Would that mm-hmm. thing become invisible? There's so many questions I don't know. Are there any experts on invisible people out there? We need answers. <clears throat> Help sister out. Help. I don't know. I mean, I think about like the Invisible Man movie. You didn't really see anything he was doing except for holding stuff. Like he'd pick up a book. You're and, right. And you saw the book. You know, but then like this guy said, even the book kind of just floated around intact and and whole. Mm -hmm. It's not as if his Mm -hmm. fingers covering a portion of the book. Then, you know, like, Uh I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Where was I? He went to his room. The cat was floating. Oh, yeah. The cat was floating in midair. And so he tried to have his mom turn around. But Brutus was back on the floor, safe and sound. She was officially done with Sammy and this conversation. Sammy headed upstairs to his room, opened the door, and just about fainted. 
His room was a garbage dump. Cereal boxes were all over the bed. Greasy food containers and crushed juice boxes littered his desk. His chair, the dresser, everywhere. He took a step in and heard a crunch. Oh, God. Frosted flakes and cornflakes were all over the carpet. Who trashed my room? He collapsed on his bed in defeat and felt something sticky on his pants. A peanut butter and jelly sandwich. He pulled back the blanket, hoping for a clean place to sit, and found spaghetti noodles and chicken bones in his bed. Sammy could not understand who would do this and why. Were any of the other rooms trashed? He ran down the hall to check. Simon's room was spotless. So was his parents. Heading back to his room, he froze. There was mom, her face tomato red with anger. What have you done? Sammy cried. He didn't do it. He had no idea how it happened. Mom wasn't buying any of his bullshit and went off. If he didn't do it, they didn't do it. Who did it? On instinct, Sammy muttered, maybe Simon did it? And that sent her over the edge. How dare he blame his little brother? Sammy was not to come downstairs until the room sparkled. And don't even bother coming down for dinner because he clearly had enough to eat. And later, she'll talk to his dad about what to do with him. He stood in the center. (laughs) Big trouble. That would be so gross if, like, your room is covered in dread. I would just cry. I wouldn't even know what to do. You like have... if my bed bones in it, I'd be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, that's pretty gnarly. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think as a parent, I could put that kind of pressure on my child <laughs> because when a mess is a certain degree, they they have to have help. Like they they yeah. cannot process. They break down. Like they, <laughs> it is literally for them unachievable so they have no clue where to start i would break down here and be like help me (laughs) sit in the middle of the floor and cry yeah cry (laughs) which is basically what sammy did because he stood in the center of his room and he felt like how is he ever going to clean this it would take him a year probably more than a year He'd never get to leave his room. Never. That's what he felt. Ever. he just eat the food in there. Just kidding. <laughs> eat the cereal off the floor. No, I'm just kidding. That's gross. Don't do that. I'll help. What was that? It came from behind him. But when he turned around, there was nothing there. Come on, Sammy. Let's get going or we'll never finish. It was a boy's voice. But where was it coming from? Sammy watched as a cereal box floated in the air and got tossed in the trash. Then another, and another. Then his pillow was floating this time, and the pillowcase was being pulled off. 
Where are the clean sheets, Sammy? You should really make your bed like your brother. Sammy was whispering, who are you? But the boy didn't answer. He raised his voice this time. How do you know me? How do you know my name? The boy told him to calm down. He heard Roxanne call him that last night. Does that mean he knew Roxanne? No, he was just listening when she came over to do homework. What are you? Sammy explained. He began to panic and waited for the boy's answer. Are you a ghost? The boy broke out in laughter. No way did Sammy believe in ghosts, did he? And Sammy snarked back. No, not ghosts, just invisible kids. The boy agreed. Okay, I guess this is pretty weird, but he was not a ghost. He was very much alive. Sammy asked him again what he wanted and what he was doing here. Did he keep opening the window? Did he trash the room? The boy admitted he did do those things, but he wasn't trying to be mean. He just wanted to be Sammy's friend. I, why? That's, well, it's an ancient custom. Um, <laughs> it's a sign of friendship. You throw shit all over someone's domicile. Oh, and, then you help, and then you help them clean it. Um, you help and clean it, They right. are grateful. Exactly. Namaste. Good history lesson. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I do the research on the show. I don't know if anybody knows. Anybody knows that about me. He's the research assistant. It's yeah. going great. It's going awesome. Awesome. So he tells Sammy that he has been invisible for as long as he can remember, and his parents just left him here for some reason. He said his name was Brent Green, and he was 12. Sammy had a lot more questions for Brent, and he wanted to tell someone, but decided that he should be an expert on invisible people before telling anyone about his invisible friend. Then he heard Simon's voice. He was in his room and kindly, kindly reminding him how much trouble he was in for the huge mess. Simon walked over and sat in his desk chair, the same chair where Brent was sitting. He told him not to sit down, but it was too late. The chair flew out from under Simon all by itself, hit the floor and landed in a glob of grape jelly. Sammy told, Simon told Sammy that was mean and he was going to tell mom. He tried to protest, but he was already in trouble. So what was the effing point? Watching Sammy fall was pretty funny. Maybe having an invisible friend could be kind of fun. Sammy asked if he could walk through walls. No. Was he wearing clothes? Thankfully, yes. Then Sammy got a genius idea. Could Brent make him invisible? But sadly, he could not. Just then, the doorbell rang, and he heard his mom enter the door. It was Roxanne. She was in the doorway, carrying what looked like 100 books. She had brought all of her math books to help him with his homework. Sammy thought, what great timing. Let me introduce you to someone. And he introduced Roxanne to his new invisible friend, Brent. Roxanne looked puzzled for a moment and then said, oh, there he is. Now I see him right there. Sammy was amazed. How could she see him? Roxanne heard it to laugh and slapped him on the back. She was not in the mood for any more games and just wanted to work on homework. But Sammy insisted he was real. He would show her. 
looking around for any sign of Brent. He shouted out to him and told him to pick up one of Roxanne's books off the floor. He waited and waited and waited, but nothing happened. Brent was not going to cooperate. Roxanne really didn't have time for this. She just wanted to do homework, or better yet, sort out the details of their visit to the haunted house. She was determined to make this this report the best in the whole world. Sammy told her they should forget the house and do the report right here in his room. They could do the report on Brent. She was not interested. She wanted to go to Hedge House because it was the haunted house and that was final. Sorting through her pile of books, she found one about Hedge House and asked Sammy if he wanted to know more about it. He really wanted to say no, but felt like he had no no other choice. Roxanne started to read. There were many horrors about the Hedge House, but the true terror didn't start until the Stilson family moved in. Dark hedges began to grow around the house. They eventually grew so high that they locked the windows. Townspeople said it was the will of the ghost who wanted to keep the ice, the house as icy cold as his spirit. The ghost of Hedge House visited their 10-year-old son Jeffrey every night, moaning his name over and over. He would tell him, I've been waiting for you. I need you, Jeffrey. Poor Jeffrey would be awake all night, frightened out of his mind. He tried to tell his parents, but they wouldn't listen. One night, the ghost was calling out to him, and Jeffrey answered back, What do you want? At the sound of Jeffrey's voice, the ghost appeared, and it was clear to Jeffrey that he had died a very long time ago. His clothes were old and tattered. His gaze lingered too long at his black shirt, at the sleeve that was empty, where an arm should have been. Come with me, Jeffrey. Come learn the secrets of this awful house. Then Roxanne closed the book. What the hell was the secret? But she didn't know. She hadn't gotten that far yet. (laughs) What a bitch. I'd be like, what? Tell me the story and you don't even get to the end of the story. Rude. You killed it. You know. I wanted to know. We don't need friends like this. Like, I'm just saying. We don't need this negativity in our lives. Like, we talked about this not too long ago. Get your shit together. All right? Like, don't be bringing me stories with no ending. And then act like that's normal. Right. Right. She's a narcissist. Roxanne. (laughs) Doesn't put any forethought into anyone else. She's like, this is as far as I read. So we got some chips or something. Snacks, thanks. Roxanne. We better watch Roxanne. She could be the killer. That's all I'm saying. My my money's on Roxanne. All of a sudden, Sammy's door swung open by itself and then closed. Then opened again, then closed. He tried to get Roxanne to turn around when Brent heard a juggling books behind her head, but she was too furious. This report meant a lot to her, and she was not going to let Sammy ruin it. They needed to get great shots and capture the spooky things that people say happened in that house. 
if they find the ghost, she'll be famous. Sammy was confused. What did she mean famous? Roxanne said the ghost really hates light. If a light shines on him, he explodes to a fit of rage and destroys everything in its path. At that moment, Sammy heard a squeak. He looked up to see the light bulb unscrewing itself from the socket. Brent was standing on the dresser, unscrewing the light bulb. He pointed to the ceiling, trying to get Roxanne to look. But she was kneeling on the floor, picking up her books, and missed the whole damn thing. She was regretting choosing Sammy as a partner. These jokes were dumb. As she was about to leave, she told Sammy that she gets it. But she wishes that he didn't want to do the project at the haunted house. He should have just told her, instead of acting like a giant baby. She well, stormed off clearly her clearly we can't count on her to bring us stories with endings. So I don't think I get so <laughs> preachy, Roxanne. Right. Like, just tell me you didn't want to go to the haunted house, man. <laughs> yeah. How would you mind? This is why group projects suck. Suck. Yeah. These are, they were best friends, and now they hate each other. <laughs> now it's over. It's over. It's over. Usually, Sammy enjoys making Roxanne angry, but not this time. It seemed like this time he really went too far. He called out for Brent, but there was no reply. Why didn't he show himself to Roxanne? It seemed like he was gone, but was it for good? It was a long night alone in his room. He had a lot of time to think about Brent. On the way to school the next morning, he kept going over the details about him. Why would an invisible kid want to be his friend? Then he thought, was there something wrong with him? That had to be it. Brent wanted something, but what? His mind? His body? Blood? He knew from all his monster movies and books, they always want something. Sammy guessed it had to be his body. He was invisible and needed a new host. Hmm, maybe he would accept Simon in exchange. As he walked into school, he noticed a girl staring into a locker and talking to herself. Then another kid doing the same thing. And another. They were all talking to invisible people. Somehow, the school was full of them. Someone called his name. He turned around to see Roxanne. She began to laugh right in his face. Then the rest of the kids in the hall started to laugh too. She had told everyone about the invisible kid in his room. He was so angry, he couldn't believe she would do this to him. Girls are so this mean. mean. That was so mean. I was like, oh my oh, god. Girls are so <laughs> like, mean. Cool. That's the worst. The worst. It's like my, my son's in I sixth grade that. now, and it started. Me, the mean girls have started. Because he's such a sensitive little dude. Like, mm-hmm. he... We did e-learning a bunch last year, and so there's some um, people that right. were new to the school last year. Yeah. So even though we've been there, like, seven years, and most of the kids he knows, some he doesn't know. And, like, he said mm-hmm. he was trying to get to, like, to know some of the, the new girls, like, just talking to him. And she, he said yeah. they're mean to him. He said Aww. that they, like, they tell him to shut up and, like, not to talk to them. <gasps> well, they're going to go far in life and, like, 
be in pyramid schemes or something. Girls no. are so <laughs> mean. Girls are the worst. On behalf of girls everywhere. <laughs> we're sorry. <laughs> we're the worst. We're the worst to each other. We're the worst to each other and we're the worst to other people. We're just it's true. <laughs> it's true. Well, every even the staff will tell you like in in elementary school, it's the little boys that like run around and, you know, try yeah. to punch each other. And like there's a transition yeah. that happens in middle school. And they stop watching the little boys and they start watching the girls to see, like, who's plotting an attack of some kind of psychological <laughs> nature. Teaming. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I've been there. I was made fun of so much. So I I switched. So, like, I was always nice and, like, never me or anything, which is – and then because everyone made fun of me and I had horrible, horrible bullying and all that. And so by the time I got to, like – High school, I was like, fuck it. And I was just mean. <laughs> and I was like, I'm done. I was like, I'm tired of this. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not being a punching bag anymore. And then I turned it on too much. And people were like, I was legit scared of you. And I'm like, I'm so sorry that you were scared of me. I did not know that I was scary. <laughs> I was like, if you were, I had to. I had to get a thick skin because I was made fun of all through elementary school and all through middle school until I found one good friend. And then they made fun of us, like, as a, a group. And then and then by the time I got to high school, I was like, I had I had to build up a skin of, like, I have to be the mean girl now because it's the only way to win, you know, really, in this jungle, really. And I think as long as you them, have, like, you know? one good friend, at least – yeah. You, you've at least mm-hmm. got like a little bit of armor. Like you've got somebody to sit yeah. with at lunch. Mm-hmm. You've got, you know, like. Yeah. yeah. And luckily I did. Had my really good friend Anne and we had a group of people and stuff. So we had each other, but, you know, you had to be mean. It was just, you had to because otherwise you got walked all over. So Sammy had vowed to himself to get her back. It was time for class and a few kids kept snickering and pretending to talk to invisible people. Mrs. Starkling told everyone to settle down and turn in their homework. Oh, God. He had forgotten his homework again. Once they were all collected, she turned to Sammy and asked if he was feeling better today. He wanted to say, no, I saw an invisible boy in my room. The whole class thinks I'm nuts, and I forgot my homework. But he just said, yeah, I feel better. Then she asked him to solve the equation on the board. Sammy could not catch a fucking break. He began to get up, but Mrs. Starkling said, no, not you, him, and pointed to the empty seat next to Sammy. The whole room was sent into a laughing fit. Mrs. Starkling apologized, but she couldn't help herself. It was just too funny. The teacher... The teacher is making fun of the child. Well, there are shitty teachers too. Gosh darn it. Yeah, I know. But I'm like, Jesus. So Sammy's day started badly and only got worse. On lunch, Sammy went to the library. He didn't want to talk to anyone or hear any more jokes. He put his tuna sandwich in his lap to keep it hidden from Mrs. Pinsky, the librarian. You weren't supposed to eat in the library, and if he was caught by Mrs. Pinsky, he was dead meat. 
As he unwrapped the sandwich, it began to rise up in the air. He whispered, Brent, stop this. You have to go home. You can't be here. He just wants to be friends. What is with, like, He's high like drama and, like, all these weird characters? <laughs> we picked weirdos this time. We did. We really did. Sammy told him that everyone thinks he's crazy, even his teachers. Go the hell away. Then a shadow fell over the table. He looked up to see Mrs. Pinsky glaring at him. Sammy, why are you talking in the library? Then she gasped. Is that food? Mrs. Pinsky was devastated. How could he? He broke two of her cardinal rules. Sammy was ready to die. She was going to assign some horrible punishment and ruin the rest of the year. This was so unlike Sammy that she was genuinely concerned. Talking to people who aren't there is usually a sign that something is bothering you. She asked if he was okay and if he wanted to talk to the guidance counselor, Miss Turnbull. Sammy nodded no and said everything was fine and that he was really sorry about talking. He just wanted Mrs. Pinsky to leave, but instead she sat down next to him and put her hand on his shoulder. She was going to write him a note to see Mrs. Turnbull after school today, but he told her he can't. Today was the big relay race and his team was depending on him to be there. She relented, but made him promise that if anything was bothering him to please come talk to her and she would be happy to listen. Mrs. Pinsky's a real one. I like Mrs. Pinsky. She was like, she, are you yeah. okay? I'll help. Mm. She seems like that helpful adult. Yes. She didn't even, didn't even get in trouble for eating or anything. <clears throat> Once she made her way back to the desk, Sammy noticed everyone had stopped staring at them, but was back to making conversation with invisible people and laughing their heads off. It's kids. They never stop. <laughs> it's like all day, the same joke. All day. You'd think they'd find something else. Like, at least a couple of kids would break off and go do jump rope or something. (laughs) Right, something. Fine, get a hobby, right? It was after school and time for the track meet. The sun was shining, but it wasn't too hot, and the bleachers were full of kids from all the different schools that were competing. More kept trying to file in, but they were packed. The air felt like it was full of energy, and Sammy was pumped. He was confident they were going to win the relay race. Roxanne, Jed, and Sammy were the three fastest runners on the team. There was no way they could lose. They took their positions, and he heard kids in the stands laughing, laughing at him. His mind was cloudy with thoughts of the laughing kids, Mrs. Starkley making fun of him, and Mrs. Pinsky thinking he was out of his mind. He had to clear his head. The starting gun shot and Jed was off. He was practically flying down the track, holding the baton out for Sammy to take his turn. He was only a few feet away and Sammy got into position to grab the baton. This was it, here we go. Sammy's shoes pounded on the track. It felt like he was running faster than ever before. The cheers were making him run even faster. They were going to win. He was sure of it. 
then suddenly he felt a hand on his shoulder and another at his waist. It took him a second to realize what was happening and he yelled, Brent, go away. What are you doing? Brent insisted he was trying to help. He was going to make him win. Then Sammy started to fly. Sammy shrieked, put me down, put me down. Sammy kicked his legs wildly trying to break free of Brent's grasp. He flew about a foot before he felt Brent stumble on something and Sammy hit the track harder than his elbows and knees and his head hit one of the cinder blocks. Oh. The baton was rolling far away across the field. Sammy died. They Fuck over. Sammy. Sammy died. The end. Good night. You took a cinder block to the face. <laughs> hard to come back from that it is it is he's like i'm dead but they were going to lose and lose big time brent tried to say he was sorry but sammy wasn't listening because he probably had a concussion or was dead (laughs) one of the two he shoved into brent and said why did you have to be such a sore loser Sammy left the field, and some of the kids in the bleachers actually booed him. Roxanne and Jed were not happy. Roxanne called him a stupid cretin and told him over and over and over again that he blew it. Sammy said it wasn't his fault. It was Brent. That was the wrong thing to say. Brent was ruining Sammy's life. Something had to be done about him. Simon was shoving a tape measure in Sammy's face. Come on, just measure me. I need your help. He tried to tell him that he had not grown since yesterday. Leave me alone. Sammy had just come home from the worst day of his life and was not in the mood for this. Simon was crestfallen. He was taking this project very seriously and was starting to think it was a real loser. Sammy actually felt kind of bad for him, but he wanted to be left alone and gently shoved him out of the room. Sammy wanted to disappear. He didn't want to face anyone. Then there was a noise. It was his window sliding up. He was back. He told Brent he had to leave. Just go away. But Brent didn't want to leave. He wanted to be his best friend. Let's go play ball or get a pizza. Sammy tried to tell him that being best friends was not going to work out. But Brent didn't take the hint. He just told Sammy, give me a chance. Mom called for Sammy to come to dinner. He told Brent he was going downstairs. And Brent said, not to worry, I'll be here waiting. Nothing was going to get rid of him but he knew what he had to do. With a serious voice, he told his parents, there is an invisible boy living in my room and I need to get rid of him. Mom and dad wanted nothing to do with this conversation. They had a long, hard day and needed to get back to working on molecular detector light. You know what I'd say? Something. I'd say that it's not murder (laughs) when they're invisible. Push the kid off a cliff. Right? Push him out the window. 
bust him in the face. I don't know anything. No, because if you bust him in the face, and you're going to lose track of his body, and he's going to rot in your room. Oh, true. He needs true. to be off a cliff or off a bridge. <laughs> Somewhere where we we'll have to deal with the remains. Correct. Um, You're right. You're problem smart. solved. Problem solved. We would have solved this book hours ago. Solved. <laughs> Something kicked Sammy under the table and Simon smirked. It wasn't me. It was the invisible boy. Ugh. He kept trying. He kept trying in vain to convince his supposedly smart parents that Brent was real and he was dangerous and he needed their help. I'm surprised All that his dinner. supposedly smart parents aren't smart enough to understand <laughs> that, like, having an invisible friend is, in is a sign of, like, <laughs> intelligence. Mm-hmm. And um, not that big of a deal. Like, I don't know why everybody's making so much fun of him. I mean, about... he is kind of old to have an invisible friend. I guess that's true. Like, I had imaginary friends when I was, like, littler, like, younger, but not when I was 12. Yeah, that's, yeah, I had I one just, when I was I would little. just talk to myself <laughs> at that point. I don't remember, Yell, but my brothers idiot. and sisters who raised me um, say emphatically all remember my invisible friend who apparently his right. name his name was Ready Go and he had red I love hair. It. Oh, <laughs> so but you don't remember him? I don't remember him, but my my Aww. all my siblings are like, no no, this was a thing for a long time. We had to set places at the table. Like you, you had tea parties with Ready Go. That's like, amazing. Okay, but I don't remember at all. <laughs> I love it. That's so cute. We had to set a place for him. All through dinner and onto dessert, Sammy was coming up with a plan. And finally, he got an idea. Friend, are you here? Sammy was holding out a napkin with a few pieces of fried chicken. He had snuck it from the dinner table when mom wasn't looking. Brutus almost spoiled the plant. He loved chicken and kept pawing at it when he was hiding it in his lap. Brutus's meowing was driving his parents crazy and they asked him to do something about the cat. With that, he took Brutus up to his room. But before he could take a step inside, Brutus howled and jumped out of Sammy's arms. Brutus knew. Brutus knew something was wrong in the room. Pets always know. Yep. Listen to your pets. <clears throat> well, sometimes. They know shit. That you know. Yeah. Sometimes it's just like, hey, my food is not in my bowl. <laughs> but I think pets sense an energy. Like they know, like they just sometimes are uncomfortable and like they know when something's wrong. Like I definitely have had that experience. Sammy stood in the center of the room, waving the chicken. Hoping Brent <laughs> would take the bait. This image of like him just waving chicken, like, hello, invisible child, come get the chicken. Chicken? <laughs> chicken nuts? Hello? Chick- it's like a dog, like, come get some hey, chicken. Hey, pretty good. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> yeah. 
Eventually, he felt a tug on his hand and Brent began scarfing it down. He told Sammy his mom was a great cook and he was starving. Sammy casually mentions that Roxanne's mom is also a great cook. In fact, she might be better than his mom. He eats there all the time. Maybe Brent should try going there for dinner tomorrow. (laughs) In fact, maybe Brent should be Roxanne's best friend. She would be ecstatic to have a ghost friend. She needed (laughs) one for their project anyhow. Sammy offered to take Brent over to her house right now. But Brent said said no. He was not going to Roxanne's. She's a girl, and he did not want to be a girl's best friend. Then he asked Sammy for more chicken and dessert. He was still hungry. Sammy watched Brent eat more chicken and a bowl of ice cream that he had snuck upstairs. Once again, he begged and pleaded for him to go. He was ruining his life and he didn't want to be his best friend. Why didn't he understand? Brent said he was never going to leave. Never. Sammy demanded that he leave and never, ever, 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 ever come back. The room fell silent, but he knew Brent was there and demanded he answer him. Brent finally spoke and said he wanted to talk about this later. He was really tired. Sammy saw his bed sheet start to roll down and his pillow being fluffed. That was it. Sammy yelled this time, no, we have to talk now. I want you to go, leave, get out. Really? Brent said, but this time his voice was deeper more sinister, and Sammy was actually scared. He began to back away from the bed and from Brent. What if I don't go, Sammy? Sammy didn't respond. Well, what's gonna happen? Then something hot gripped his shoulder tight and something grabbed his arm and he couldn't break free. Brent was pushing him toward the open window. Stop, Sammy screamed. He raised his arms and managed to break free. Brent muttered, sorry, I'm just goofing. Best friends wrestle sometimes. He didn't mean anything by it. This guy is insane. <laughs> like, Whoa, legitimately insane. That got dark. Yeah. You know what that makes Yeah, right? Of? He's like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So like, when, he, when you said that the, the voice got deeper, I was like, maybe it's not a kid at all. And there's that, like, theory that there are actually no ghost children and that anytime oh. you see a ghost child, it is something much more sinister that is projecting itself as a child to, like, lower your, your, yeah, guard. lower your guard. right? That's, that's the vibe I got I from uh, our buddy here. That's so scary if it was, like, a dude. Like, that'd be so scary. Yeah. <laughs> This is old man. All of a sudden, it's a dude. Yeah. Sammy's heart was pounding loudly in his chest, and he was starting to legitimately think that Brent was dangerous. He turned to leave the room, but tripped and fell over Brent's feet. Brent grabbed him by the wrist and tried to pull him up, but he was just hurting him and definitely not helping. Brent kept insisting that he was just trying to help. Sammy believes him, right? 
Right? Right? Sammy said, yes, I believe you, but you have to go. Everyone thinks I'm losing my mind. The kids at school, even my teachers. The librarian wants me to see a counselor, and now the entire track team hates me. You have to go. Brett wasn't getting the hint and just kept saying he was helping Sammy. Remember, he helped him with the math problem. Sammy was flabbergasted. Brent's definition of helping was very different than Sammy's. He reminded Brent that he caused him to lose the race today. That was not helping. But Brent couldn't understand why Sammy was so upset over one little mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. Sammy was screaming now. He did not just make one mistake. All Brent did was make mistakes. Brent said he was just trying to give him a boost during the race. That was all. Sammy had run out of words to say. He couldn't believe what Brent was actually saying. Then the closet door opened and his brand new Yankees jacket was floating in the air. Brent said how cool it was, but the sleeves were too long and it wouldn't fit him. Bummer. Sammy grabbed the jacket angrily out of Brent's grip and yelled, I don't want you here. Get out. Who on earth are you yelling at? Mom was in his doorway. Sammy shouted, it's the invisible kid. He's here. He's right here. Mom just rolled her eyes. They were met with silence. Once again, Brent wouldn't reveal himself to anyone but Sammy. Mom went up to him, shaking her head, and checked his forehead for a temperature. He didn't feel feverish. He told her he wasn't sick. He was telling the truth. But of course, she wouldn't believe him. She was worried about him because he had been acting so weird lately. She knows that he and Dad haven't been able to pay much attention to him, but that is going to change now. They were going to be watching him very closely. Great. Watch him. Get him a CAT scan. I've watched enough Grey's Anatomy to know where this is going. Concussion. Everybody's got a tumor. (laughs) Before she left the room, she closed his bedroom window and reminded him that if anything was wrong or something was bothering him, he could always talk to her. Not true, because he's been talking to you for days. (laughs) I'm here for you. DM me on Instagram. (laughs) Are you still here? Yes. Why did you do that to me? Why didn't you say anything when mom was here? Brent didn't want anyone else to know about him. He only wants to be friends with Sammy and live with him. That was not going to happen. But he felt hopeful. Mom had given him an idea for how to get rid of this invisible menace. Sammy ran across the hall into the bathroom and turned the hot water faucet all up in the shower, the sink and the bathroom and the bathtub. The room started to steam up and it felt like a sauna. Running back to his room, he made sure the window was shut tight and he turned the valve on his radiator all the way up until he heard a hissing sound of steam. Brent began to wail. What are you doing? It's too hot in here. Sam went to his parents' room and Simon's room, shut their windows, and turned their radiators up. 
The house was so hot, it felt like a jungle. Back in his room, Sammy waited while Brent begged for him to turn the heat off. It was too hot. He couldn't take it anymore. Perfect, thought Sammy. Then he heard the sound of the window rising up over Brent's crying. And Sam thought his plan had worked. Brent was gone for good. So he kind of did what you suggested and burned him out. <laughs> but why? Like, you missed your opportunity. Like he was at the window. Go push him. I know. But like, does he fly? I mean, I, I, we don't really know. Does he fly? I mean, I'm assuming he floats. Like, I don't really know. I guess. But ghosts float. And he's not a goat. I don't, they don't explain that. <clears throat> I'm very confused. All you need is say <laughs> Like every cartoon yes. has told you that. Ever. Yes. Paint. Mm-hmm. Paint, water, anything. <clears throat> it was Saturday night, and he was supposed to be seeing school spirit with Roxanne. But she told him that they didn't go to Hedge House tonight. She will never speak to him again. Sammy believed her. Roxanne was in a mood and very impatient with Sammy as they walked to Hedge House. Once they reached it, Sammy was taken aback at the size of the hedges. It was just like Roxanne's book had said. The will of the ghost grew the hedges so high to ensure it was dark and cold inside at all times. Sammy didn't see a way in, but Roxanne knew of one. They climbed through a small gap in the hedges, and Sammy got his first real look at the house. It was three stories high, with lots of narrow windows and sharp panes of glass. Everything looked old and ready to fall apart. She told Sammy to watch his step as they climbed on the porch. Some of the boards were loose and rotting away. Roxanne turned the doorknob and the front door opened with a loud crack. They stood in a large entrance hall. Above them was a crystal chandelier with hanging dewdrop crystals covered in dust and cobwebs. It was freezing and the air smelled sour. Sammy couldn't see a thing and started to feel around for a light switch. He found one, but it didn't work. Roxanne scoffed. Of course it wasn't going to work. Nobody has lived here for years. Turn on the flashlight. Uh-oh. Sammy had forgotten to bring the flashlight. And Roxanne was not pleased. But at least he remembered to bring the camcorder. Roxanne let out the tiniest cry, and it startled Sammy. She thought she heard something, like a low moaning sound but Sammy hadn't heard it. They stepped into the living room. They both noticed it had begun to suddenly get foggy and saw that a fine gray mist was coming into the cracks in the walls. Then something white flew by them and they both jumped back in fright. Curtains. It was just the billowing curtains. There was nothing down here, so Sammy suggested they go upstairs. Roxanne led the way to the kitchen and the dining room. Both were empty and cold. The staircase was old and decaying. Much of the banister either splintered or rotted away completely. Roxanne turned back to Sammy and asked if he was ready. He said yes. In the back of his mind, he wasn't so sure. Anyone would be at least a little bit frightened of this freezing, damp, and smelly house. Using the wall as a guide, they made their way up the stairs to the second floor, where they find three doors. They peer inside each one, and just like the rest of the house, they were empty. Sammy let out a sigh of relief. The third floor was just one large room. 
and this time it wasn't empty. Threaded clothing and torn blankets were tossed all over the floor. Three pillows that were slashed with the stuffing hanging out were propped against the wall. Roxanne noticed the wooden chair had been left leaning against a large trunk and she made her way over to it. Sammy kneeled down to pick up one of the pieces of fabric and gasped when he held it up. It was a black shirt with one sleeve missing, just like the ghost story. He tried to get Roxanne's attention, but she was fixated on opening the trunk. Then they both stopped in their tracks as a low moaning sound filled the air and the steps started to groan and creak. Footsteps. Something or someone was coming up the stairs. Sammy kept his eyes down, trying to hide his fear from Roxanne, who was also trembling. Grab the camcorder, she whispered. Sammy fumbled with it and almost dropped it before hitting the power switch. The footsteps had reached the top of the stairs and an eerie sound filled the room, followed by a shrill laugh. Then suddenly, the wooden chair flew across the room and the trunk lid flew open. Roxanne jumped from frozen position in the center of the room and began to scribble down notes in her notebook. Her pen was shaking violently. The trunk lid slammed shut and Sammy reeled back in horror as the chair began to hover high in the air before being slammed back down and breaking into pieces. Roxanne was shouting, the camcorder, the camcorder, get it on video. Sammy got the camcorder into position. This is the pillows began to fly around the room and the window opened and slammed and shut over and over again. The blankets had come alive and were throwing themselves at Sammy and Roxanne, spinning them around like tops and covering them in their foul odor. Roxanne was elated. It was a real ghost. They were definitely getting an A. Then she grabbed the camcorder out of Sammy's hands and peered into the viewfinder. Then she screamed, help me, it's got me. Sammy, help, the ghost is pulling me. Sammy was in shock as he saw Roxanne's jacket being tugged and pulled up by a ghostly invisible hand. Her whole body was jerked across the room and then the ghost dropped her to her knees with a thud. She was crying in pain. Sammy remembered the camcorder. He had to get this on tape. She began to spin in a circle, round and around and around and around. Her arms were thrashing wildly and her hair was standing on its end. Roxanne screamed for help and for Sammy to drop the stupid camera and just help. Sammy shouted, get away from her, leave her alone. And the ghost must have heard because she stopped spinning and was tossed against the wall like a rag doll with a loud thud. Roxanne slid to her knees and Sammy could tell she was in a lot of pain. She started to say something about the ghost of Hedge House, but before she could finish her sentence, the ghost had her again and was lifting her higher and higher into the air. Roxanne was kicking her legs wildly and screaming, let me down, let me go. And the ghost listened as she slid down the wall and landed again on her knees. Before she could get up, one of the pillows was flying toward her face and covered it. The ghost was trying to smother her. Sammy screamed and ran across the room and ripped the pillow away from her face. Go haunt somebody else, Sammy shouted. Just then, something cold gripped his arm. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, I've been waiting for you. The ghost of Hedge House had talked to Sammy. I'm not Jeffrey. Jeffrey, I've been waiting for you. 
and Sammy felt himself being lifted off the floor. The ghost was shaking him back and forth so violently that he was afraid his neck would snap. His grip was too strong to fight back and he felt helpless. One of the blankets had risen from the floor and began to wrap himself around Sammy, wrapping him tight like a boa constrictor squeezes its prey. He kicked and squirmed, but it was no use. Then he was violently dropped to the floor. The shrill laugh filled the room again, and Sammy and Roxanne scrambled to try and get to the door. But the ghost followed. Jeffrey, I've been waiting for you. They had reached second floor landing, and the ghost's voice was right behind them. Jeffrey, I've waited so long in this cold, dark house. Sammy felt ice-cold hands grip his neck and start to squeeze. He couldn't breathe. He choked out his final words. I'm not Jeffrey. Everything flared red. The room spun and he was seeing stars. The hedge house ghost had planned another victim, or so he thought. Then Sammy felt something tug at his hand and say, you're okay. Come on. He was being pulled down the staircase, through the damp living room, and finally out into the cold night air. Sammy and Roxanne were so relieved to be outside, they just kept taking deep breaths, the cold air filling their lungs. They started to run, and they were just thankful to be alive. They ran all the way home. Roxanne didn't even say goodbye, just ran inside and slammed her door shut. By the time he reached his room, his whole body was shaking and his knees were trembling. He sat down in his bed and screamed. There was a black shirt on his pillow, the black one-armed shirt of the hedge house ghost. That was intense. Very Super intense. Ghost. I had a weird thought, though, like maybe the hedge house ghost is his mom ghost. And, like, she's waiting for him to, like, mm. cross over. And he keeps running oh, around maybe. and, like, torturing kids in the neighborhood. Yeah. That could be a thing. <clears throat> Where would I leave off? Oh, yeah. There was a black one-armed shirt of the hedge house ghost on his pillow. It was only a shirt. But then he saw a plate hanging in midair and a sandwich being eaten. Bit by bit, Brent, did I do a great job or what? Don't I make a great ghost? The reality of what happened tonight was settling in. The hedge house ghost had been Brent the whole time. Sammy couldn't form a sentence. He just kept sputtering out letters. You don't have to thank me, but see, I was just trying to help you. Get that A and now you will. I told you I could be your best friend. Sammy had heard enough, and he laid into Brent how he had scared them to death and really hurt Roxanne and nearly strangled Sammy. Brent just kept repeating, you don't have to thank me, and this sent Sammy over the edge. He screamed so loud, his voice cracked. Get out of my house. Get out, you idiot. You nearly killed us. Get out. Sammy turned to the doorway and pointed. Heard to scream again, but he saw his dad standing there. Sammy, you are far too old to have an imaginary friend. I'm sorry. He wrapped his arm around Sammy's shoulders and led him over to his bed, encouraging him to calm down. His dad reached for his desk chair and Sammy shouted, Don't sit there. He's sitting there. But dad ignored him. 
He asked Sammy to please tell him what was wrong. Why was he acting this way? He wanted to know more about this friend. Sammy kept insisting that Brent was not his friend. He was driving him crazy. He laid back against the pillow and got an idea. He needed his dad's help, and he asked him to help him get rid of Brent. Please. Sammy's dad agreed, and he took him by the hand and began to guide him out of the room. Sammy was feeling better already. All of his muscles began to relax. Then his dad asked again, Can you tell you more about this invisible friend? What made you start seeking attention like this? Sammy groaned. Nobody believed him. He was leading him down the stairs, and Sammy asked where they were going, but he wouldn't tell him. Dad, where are you taking me? Tell me right now. Calm down, Sammy. Your mom and I talked about your, prob your problems, and they were taking you to see a doctor. I don't need a doctor. I'm not crazy. There was no real way to convince his parents and everyone else that Brent was real. He was never willing to leave him alone and just keep on ruining his life forever. There was a knock at the door. It was Roxanne. She came to check on Sammy and talk about the ghost. She was actually elated and exclaiming how awesome it was. Sammy didn't share in her excitement, and he told her about the doctor and everyone thinking he was nuts. Bob and Simon came into the room to, to try to leave and get Sammy to his appointment on time. Roxanne wanted to come, but Dad didn't think it was a good idea. But she could prove that Sammy wasn't crazy because she had seen the ghost too. Sammy's mom paused for a moment and asked his invisible friend was a ghost. He hadn't mentioned that before. Sammy shouted he wasn't going to the doctor, he didn't need a doctor, and he was going to prove that Brent was real. He raced off to the basement, where before he had a chance, to, before anyone had a chance to respond, and started tearing through everything in sight, looking for the, for the molecular detector light. Sammy ran back upstairs and started waving the light in Dad's face. This lets you see invisible things, right? Right? If I turn this on Brent, everyone will be able to see him. Sammy heads up the stairs and everyone follows. Where are you, Brent? Sammy stood in the center of his room and spun the flashlight around wildly. He was looking for any sign of Brent, but he wasn't coming out. Sammy was getting desperate. His mom and dad were looking forlorn, telling him to stop and that they were going to miss the appointment. Then a small voice could be heard from the closet. It was Brent. Please don't do it, Sammy. Don't let them see me. Everyone gasped. Sammy tried to reassure him. It's okay. They have to see you. And Sammy tugged open the closet door. Brent screamed. Sammy shined the light and finally saw him. He couldn't believe it. Brent was a monster. Sammy screamed. You're a monster. The detector light trembled in his hands. Brent came out of the closet and explained that's why he was invisible. His parents made him that way, thinking he might survive. He stepped towards Sammy and he jumped back. Simon couldn't believe how ugly he was and that he only had one head. Roxanne pointed out he only had two arms. How could he hold on to anything with just two arms? And where are his suction pods and tendrils? How could he see with only one eye? Where were his antenna? Everyone was in shock at what they were seeing. Then Dad told everyone to calm down. He was certain that Brent was not going to hurt anyone. Brent said, of course not. He just wanted to be Sammy's friend. Then Simon shouted, I wanted to be my friend. I need it for my science project. 
Mom interjected and told everyone to take a breath. They were all in shock, but she knew she had seen his species before. What was it called again? What was that? Oh, yeah. Human. Brent apologized for being so ugly. This was why he didn't want anyone to see him. Sammy turned his five eyes away from Brent and to his dad. Can I keep him? I think I could take really good care of him. Dad didn't think it was a good idea. They should probably take him to the zoo. After all, humans were an endangered species. The end. Huh. That's cute. <laughs> That's different. Alien fam. For a second, I thought hey, this was a Jim Henson movie. I thought it was going to be like a fluffy, muppety monster. Um, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, cute. But it turns out we're also Arians. <laughs> I guess that's true. We never got a description. Clever. Nope. He never said what he looked like. And we Clever. never got to know what the kids looked like. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that was that a fun one. twist. That was guess. a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, it went on so long. <laughs> no, it's just it's so darn late. Um, and it had a lot of buildup. It was I tried to cut. It and really tried to did, cut, but it, it was had, great. It's one of those um, jokes that has a real long lead. Yeah, but yeah, I was I never in a million years would have <laughs> would have picked it out. I like that. I like it when we do something different and new because we've done yeah. so many things. Um, yeah, and we sometimes have a complaint. When things are like, oh, this is recycled from that book, and you know, but oh, right. mm-hmm. I thought this was pretty well done. Like, I, we did not have an idea until the end, but like the story itself was pretty relatable. So then it makes you automatically think back over the whole story, right? To put it in a new context and frame it in a new yeah. way. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Who knew aliens ate pizza? Who hey, knew? they didn't say what was on the pizza. Um, true had cats there you go (laughs) yeah that's another good point is this a post-apocalyptic tale could be have they taken over and that's why i think well they're saying well they're saying humans are endangered so something must have happened to us (laughs) Hmm. well i like that Mm -hmm. i like that so, yeah, so that was great. And just real quick, I'm going to mention that we have Patreon. If anybody wants to jump over on the Patreon, it's um, patreon.com backslash snacks with Stein. Go over there, check it out. Lots of different tiers. Um, I'm pretty sure we have a like a $1 or a $2 tier, something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. It's not very much to get in there, you guys. Um, and Patreon does get things that that not everybody else does just not right the moment because usually it means early release but when you're never on time everything gets released <laughs> at the right point you're so sorry. i will say that coming up for the um halloween special there mm-hmm. is a blooper reel that is coming out of the halloween special and it is like 18 minutes long it is hilarious <laughs> We will only be releasing that to the patrons. Um, so mm-hmm. if that's something that you want to be a part of, you want to make sure that you go in there and subscribe at any level before that comes out. So, yeah, so we'll be releasing that along with the release of the Halloween 
special. So once again, that's patreon.com backslash snacks with Stein. Every bit of dollars that are pledged to go right back into the show. Uh, we just use it to make the show better for things like microphones and subscriptions to all of our music and sound effects. And just to kind of encourage us to keep going because it's a, it's a hobby, but it is a time consuming hobby. Um, so mm-hmm. that helps us stay motivated. We love it. We do. We do. We do. We love it. But yes, join Patreon. And if it, I think it's the $5 tier where you can pick a book. Is that what it yeah. is? Mm-hmm. I think it's- yep. It's just $5 a month. That and then you get fun. to request a book. Yep. Yeah. You can pick a book for us. If you're like, I hate these books you guys pick. There you go. You can go and give us $5 and pick a book for us. <laughs> and regardless, like, um, any tier like anybody who signs up you automatically get like a little treat from us it's just a little something yes we'll send you something in the mail sorry until next time we are out like the first bits of yellow on my aspen trees i'm just so happy it's fall it's happening it's time Yay! Yay! bye